Good morning, everybody. Welcome to the Vineyard. We're glad you're with us. Welcome to those of you joining us online. Great to have you with us as well. A couple of things. Oh, we had a great outreach yesterday. I want to thank everybody for making that possible. We, uh, we did our little Labor Day giveaway, and uh, we partnered up with Chef Matt and, and uh, some of the others down at Southernmost and put together meal kits for a um, brisket and apple bacon mac and cheese meal. And uh, it went really well. The outreach went great. We got to bless a lot of people. And so thank you for uh, helping us with that and making that happen. Also, I want to talk a little bit about uh, Hurricane Laura and um, impacted Louisiana and other places and how we respond to hurricanes. So just so you know, as a group, we partner with Convoy of Hope. And so we... Um, we send money to Convoy of Hope for a couple of things. One is for disaster relief, and then we also partner with them in feeding children in Haiti, which uh, they feed uh, children on our behalf every day. Um, but we, they are sort of our disaster relief connection in the vineyard overall. We used to have our own thing that we did for years um, but uh, called Mercy Missions, but we decided Convoy was way better at it. We met them all. Alice and I have met all the guys on the board there and girls and everybody involved, and they're super folks. And so... That's how we go, and they're always set up and ready to go. And so this week, um, we sent money on the church's behalf to um, Convoy of Hope, and we also sent some money on the church's behalf to the vineyard uh, right in Lake Charles that had some damage. And so um, I've got a quick video to show you from there, and then um, if you want to, on your own, um, partner with Convoy of Hope, then the links are on our website at keysvineyard.com. But let's, uh, let's go ahead and watch this. Hey Vineyard, this is Jeff Neeney with Convoy of Hope. We are in Lake Charles, Louisiana responding to Hurricane Laura. In fact, we are at the Vineyard Church in Lake Charles, Louisiana. And as you can see behind me, there is considerable damage to this facility. You know, we can only do what we do because you do what you do. And we're so thankful for your partnership. Some people think that the work following a hurricane starts after that hurricane makes landfall. But the truth is, it starts several days earlier. After many planning sessions, our response team rolled out of Springfield about 30 hours before the hurricane made landfall. We arrived in Lake Charles less than 24 hours after Laura had passed through and immediately began setting up to distribute these life-saving supplies to those in need. Because of your help, our teams will be distributing food, water, and supplies through our drive-through distribution lines. And the best part of all, we are able to share the love of Christ with people who are going through one of their darkest hours. Thank you for your support. We are only able to do what we do because of what you do. So thank you so much and God bless. Yes, so... Uh... So good work is happening there, and if I hear anything, I will certainly let you know. But uh, that's what we're up to as a church. And again, thank you for your amazing generosity, church. I love um, being a part of this group and for the way that uh, we are able to continue to minister into our local community and the world around us. So that's great. We're going to continue on in a series we're doing called An Unshakable Foundation. This series has been... Um, my hope is to tie the whole story together for you from beginning to end. And you can, because once you see how it fits, it's easier to see your part in it. And then once you see how you fit in it, I think the scriptures just come alive for us and impact us in our day-to-day -day lives. And that's my, my end hope 
is that you would just see how this really impacts you every moment, being a part of this amazing story. One of the big things that we've been talking about is God's amazing desire to want to dwell with us. Uh, and it's, uh, it's, when that really settles in, the, the amazing love that God has for you, that you couldn't work, you couldn't earn, He just loves you and he wants to be with us. And we see it throughout the scripture. We saw it in the beginning in Eden where God made a place where we could dwell together. And we blew that up. And then again, you know, after the exodus and tabernacle and a temple, places where heaven and earth overlap. And remember, I keep telling you, heaven and earth are not millions of miles apart. They overlap. And and in places, you know, it's it's consistent. And there's a big overlap going on in us right now as the Holy Spirit dwells in us. Heaven and earth meet. And we talk about what's coming in Revelation 21 when new heaven comes to earth recreated and renewed and all that that means and that this is a story that we're walking in and uh last few weeks we've been talking about you know the the early church and how they sort of figured out that all of the old testament scriptures were pointing at jesus and and how that was impacting them and and so we've looked at the the accounts you know recently of uh, matthew mark luke and john last week we were in matthew and we talked about the great commission and i said you know from the great commission what you need to get is that couple of amazing things that that he's always with us and that he has all authority that's a huge deal and then i also said that that the the whole go command is really as you go as you go so just as you're living your life You're to go and make disciples. And so we're going to talk about how we do that a little bit today and uh, over the next couple weeks. And today we're going to be looking at the good news and what the good news is all about and how that connects with us. A couple of bad jokes before we start. Why didn't the green pepper practice archery? Because it didn't have an arrow. Sorry. I accidentally swallowed some food coloring. The doctor says I'm okay, but I feel like I'm dying inside. (laughs) On my last birthday, the only gift I got was a deck of sticky playing cards. I'm finding it hard to deal with. Alice, help me. (laughs) Come lead us. In the reading of the word. Thank you. He gets sent jokes from all over the world. I just want to tell you. But if they're good, you'll never hear them. So (laughs) we just want to thank Amy and Terry for that habanero joke. That one did make us laugh, didn't it? Yeah. Let's refocus again this morning before we read his word and go to Papa. Thank you, Father. Come. Come, Holy Spirit. Come again. We thank you, Lord, that your faithfulness is our refuge. Father, let that worship that we we were imparted to this morning, let it just flow over us all week long. Father, whenever we're stressed or worried, let us just remember that your faithfulness is our refuge. And in your faithfulness, all your promises are yes and amen. We just... Thank you, Lord, that we can rest in you today. In Jesus' name, amen. The text today is out of the book of Romans, chapter 1, 1 through 5. This is the Apostle Paul. 
I, Paul, a servant of Christ Jesus, called to be an apostle and set apart for the gospel of God, the gospel he promised beforehand through his prophets in the Holy Scriptures regarding his son, who as to his earthly life was a descendant of David, and who through the spirit of holiness was appointed the Son of God in power by his resurrection from the dead, Jesus Christ our Lord. Through him we received grace and apostleship to call all the Gentiles to the obedience that comes from faith for his name's sake. Blessed be the word of God. Amen. All right. So I want to talk about the gospel today, the good news and what that means. Now, recently we've, uh, we've looked at, I said earlier, the Gospel of Matthew, the Gospel of Mark, the Gospel of Luke, the Gospel of John. So sometimes when people hear Gospel, they think, oh, you're, you're talking about the Bible. And not, not just that. See, it's, it's different than that. The good news is different than that. And really, what, what we understand when we say what I just said is it's the good news of Mark and it's the good news of John, the good news of Luke, the good news of Matthew. That's what's going on. The, the idea is... Um, bigger than just sort of the Bible. And so the gospel, that's point number one in your notes. Uh, let me recap it again. From I was a Paul, a servant of Jesus Christ, called to be an apostle, set apart for the gospel of God, the good news of God, the gospel, the good news he promised beforehand through his prophets in the Holy Scriptures. And so we've been talking about the story, and we've looked at how this stuff has been promised, that the idea that um, God was going to come and do something was part of the promise. And, and so the sort of the overreaching promise of the gospel is uh, back in Isaiah, Isaiah 40 through 55, you can get out of that, that God was going to come as king, and he was going to set things right. And that's kind of the bigger picture, but Paul will actually narrow it down for us in a minute. But the gospel is so powerful, the gospel is life-changing. Because when people hear and receive and respond to the gospel, when they, when they believe and receive the gospel, it changes their lives forever. So powerful is this amazing good news that we have that the enemy does everything he can to make it stop. It's like his main focus of the enemy. Remember I tell you, he comes steal, kill, destroy. Paul says, Second uh, Corinthians 4, 3 and 4, even if our gospel is veiled, our good news is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing because the God of this age, who's that? That's the enemy. Little g God of this age, that's the enemy, has blinded the minds of unbelievers... So that they cannot see the light of the good news, the gospel, that displays the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. Remember now, we, we talked about image in the beginning and how God created the cosmic temple and he placed us as his image in the temple. The temples have the image and we lost that image um, at the fall, but Jesus won it back for us. And all of this, Paul is tying together and he says, what's happening is the enemy is trying to keep people blinded to this life-changing truth that they can come into relationship with God through Christ and be restored and have their lives back. But the enemy wants to stop it at all cost. And that's the sort of battle that we find ourselves in. As we, as we you know, leave off with the Great Commission, as you go, last week we are supposed to make disciples. The enemy is going to do everything he can to stop it. And he's a deceiver. And you have to know that he's... He's just trying to deceive as many as he can to keep them away from the truth. And he's, he's, he's sneaky. He's, he is deceptive. He's got it figured out. 
And so that's why I keep telling you in, in, in light of the bigger picture of events that are going on in the world around us, you have to remember that it's the enemy that's got things stirred up. It's too easy to put flesh to it and then start blaming people and hating people. I hate those people because of how they think and how they believe. Nuh-uh. It's the enemy behind it. And what he's doing is he's got people deceived. And we have to be aware of that so that we know where our battle lies and we understand what matters. And then we treat people differently. Because if you hate people, you're just going to hate them. But if you love people and, and understand that the enemy is working behind the scene of everybody's lives, we come then with mercy and grace. And we have this amazing, life-changing message that we're to be living out as we go, as you go. We're to be living out the good news, the gospel, and what it means. Now, in this point in history, just so you know, because Paul is good about using this word, and he connects it with something that was going on. So Rome was in charge of everything. Caesar was the big guy. Uh, Caesar thought he was God, actually. And uh, whenever there was a military victory, which there was a lot of at that point in time, they would go out and, and they would have people that went out and proclaimed, because that's how news got around, the good news, they used the same word. And the good news was that a victory had been won once again, and here, here we go, we're advancing, and you're all part of this advancing empire, and it's great news, and that's what they would go and spread the good news. Paul actually takes that, and he says, what, we have better news. You talk about a victory, here's the news that we have, is that God has come, Jesus has shown up, and he's defeated the enemy, and he has the greatest victory of all time, and that's what we want to share with you. It's a victory that's happened that changes everything for us. And gives us life once again. Now Paul um, summarizes it for us in 1 Corinthians 15. And, and most of you know this if you've been here with me. Uh, that, that you should know verses 3 and 4. But let me give it to you in context by reading verse 1 through 8. Now brothers and sisters. I want to remind you of the gospel. The good news that I preached to you. Which you received and on which you've taken your stand. They've received it. They believed it. By this gospel, what? You are saved if you hold to it, hold to the word I preached to you. Otherwise, you believed in vain. For, here we go, this is the one you should know. For what I received, I passed on to you as of first importance. That Christ died for our sins, according to the scriptures, and that he was buried, and that he was raised on the third day, according to the scriptures. Those couple of verses there. That's the gospel. That's it. Died for our sins according to scriptures, was buried, raised again on the third day according to the scriptures. That's what people have to receive, believe, and receive in their lives. And that he appeared to Cephas and then to the twelve. And after that, he appeared to more than 500 of the brothers and sisters at the same time, most of whom are still living. Though some have fallen asleep, and then he appeared to James, and then to all the apostles, and last of all, he appeared to me also as to one abnormally born. That's what Paul tells us about this whole process of the gospel. And so we need to take that in, understand it's, it's to be proclaimed. It's the most amazing news that there is and ever has been. It's life-changing. The enemy doesn't want it proclaimed. He's trying to blind people to it. But this is our calling. How, how do we go make disciples? We, we live this good news and then we share this good news with others so that they can receive and believe it and have their life changed as well. That's the heart of all that we're doing. So what are the essential elements of the gospel? And that's point number two. And I have a few sub-points under there. So the essential elements of the gospel it starts with this. Uh, first, uh, A, if you would, it's the plan of God. It's a plan. God had a plan for us. We've been talking about this story. There's been a plan all along. And part of the plan was what took place at the cross. 
1 Corinthians 15, 3. For what I received, I passed on to you as first importance, that Christ died for our sins, what? According to the Scriptures, according to the plan that's been in place, it's been written down, people have been talking about it for hundreds and hundreds of years. It was part of the plan of God. He made a way for us to be restored, and, and praise God He did it, and He did it way back. It's recorded for us right after the fall. Genesis three fifteen. the plan is in place. The crimson thread of redemption. Here comes the plan, and it's talked about throughout, and we've seen how it's really talked about in the prophets, tying together, you know, the Son of God and David, and all those things that happen, and it's coming through to this point. And so, there's a plan. It was part of a plan that God had for us. It's not just some sort of thing that happened. Oh, well, part of a plan. B, it's a divine accomplishment. Things were accomplished. Amazing things were accomplished because of what Jesus did for us. It's part of the design of God. Well, what sort of things? Well, our sin has been dealt with, finally. And, and not just covered. You know, see, in the Old Testament, sins were, sins were covered, uh, you know, by the blood of animals. They were covered, but they weren't taken away. They weren't dealt with. They weren't finished. And what we have different is in Christ, because He was the perfect sacrifice. Our sin is dealt with once and for all. And Paul says in Colossians two thirteen and 14, When you were dead in your sins and in the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made you alive with Christ. He forgave us all our sins. All. Now that, I'm going to stop there for a moment, and I make a big deal about, big deal about all. Not just some of them, not just one or two of them, not all. Everything, every horrible thing that we've ever done, that, that every horrible thing that we wish had never happened, everything that we may do, all. He's dealt with it all. He's forgiven us all. Going back to the big one in the garden where we said, God, we don't want to do it your way. We want to do it our way. Jesus has made a way for us to be forgiven for all of it. Having canceled the charge of our legal indebtedness, he didn't have to do any of it. What we deserved was death. The wages of sin is death. But he canceled that, which stood against us and condemned us. What's he done? He's taking it away, (laughs) nailing it to the cross. All that mess that I just talked about, nailed to the cross. It's an amazing, amazing thing that he's done for. So he's dealt with our sin. He's also dealt with guilt and shame for us. Romans 8, 1 and 2. There therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Because it's been forgiven, there's no reason for us to get stuck in guilt and shame. And he's yet where the enemy wants to keep us down. And, and people come all the time and they're struggling with these things. And I want to say, listen, there's no condemnation because of what's happening. He, because of what Jesus has done. None of it. Because through Jesus Christ, the law of the Spirit who gives life has set you free from the law of sin and death. We're going to talk more about this next week. I'm going to continue this, and we're going to get to that. We're going to talk next week about the power of life. See, enemy operates in the power of death, but we've been set free from it. You know, we, captive, we were talking earlier about being set free as captives. It came up in the music prophetically. We've been set free. What, you know, captives being set free. What captives? Us. How are we set free? The exodus that we have in Christ. We were in slavery and bondage. And because of Jesus, we've been rescued. We're on the other side of that mess. See, and so, so this is what we have. And so the divine accomplishments took place at the cross. Amazing things. Sin dealt with. No more guilt. No more shame. All of it dealt with at the cross. How about... Here's another one. Eternal life given to us. That, that's a big deal. I think. 
For God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son that whoever believes in Him shall not perish but have what? Eternal life. Everlasting life. You know how that works in the story if you've been listening because I told you what that looks like and what, what the life after life after death looks like. That it's not just that we pop into heaven like escape from this and now, because we get a chance for that if Jesus hasn't come back before we, you know, we run these things out. <laughs> this has a, this has a term limit. Praise God. But then he's coming back. So we might catch a break in heaven where it's going to be awesome. But then new heaven heaven comes to earth. And earth is recreated. And we get new bodies, physical bodies. And everything is back the way it was supposed to be. The way God wanted it. Which was to fellowship with us. And to operate on this planet together. And and evil is dealt with once and for all. That's huge news. See, that's the problem people have right now. They keep wanting to fix everything, and they keep thinking, well, if we just do all these things, then everything's going to be great, and everybody's going to be happy. Until you figure out how to deal with evil, it will never happen, because evil keeps popping up and causing problems. But God knows how to deal with him, and he already dealt him the death blow at the cross. He's already got him, you know, on the run. He's defeated, but not departed. But when Jesus comes back, all that's done with. And we're new and made new and recreated and everything's going to be awesome. That's what eternal life looks like. And that we got made possible at the cross. See, so the gospel is believed and received. That's how you do this. That's what it takes. See, all these things were made possible at the cross, but it became real in you at the moment that you believed it and received it. That's when it took place in you. All the things that needed to happen happened 2,000 years ago. When did the change come? It came when you asked Jesus into your life. See, that's how it happens. That makes a difference. It's believed and received. John says in one, uh, John 1, 12, Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. You weren't born that way because we're born in sin, but we have the right to come into that way. Because of what Jesus has done. It's because of the gospel. Because we believed it and we received it. We applied it. It's an application of what happened on the cross. It's an application into your heart. All those things took place on, uh, for, on, for you. And we say yes to God. And it changes us. And, and by saying yes, it really begins to change everything. And so you take these things in. What an awesome, awesome gospel it is. And it's an event. It's a historical event. It's something that happened. The cross happened. Jesus went to the cross. He died. Happened. He defeated death and rose again. Happened. It's not a myth. It's not a fable. It's not, oh, we wish that happened. It actually happened. Well, how do you know that it happened? Well, the scripture tells us, for one thing, there's lots of other evidences to tell it, but this is a pretty big one that Paul includes when he talks about the good news. He says, then he appeared to Cephas, and, and then to the twelve, he appears to the disciples. After that, he appears to more than 500 of the brothers and sisters at the same time, most of whom are still living, though some have fallen asleep. He's, there's eyewitnesses of the resurrection. And people, and he made sure you know there was a bigger group, not just the twelve, because people have said, well, yeah, those twelve, they were just in it for the money or something. So they had a big gig going, and even though they lost them, you know, Jesus, but let's keep it going because this is, this is how we do our lives now. All of them would have been far better off financially going back to what they used to do. The fishermen would have all been off better. Matthew would have had a much better gig. Tax collecting was a good gig. All of them died horrific deaths. 
for, for following Jesus. There was no sense to it. They did it because they'd seen the resurrected Jesus. See, and then they knew that he told them, no, go, as you go, make disciples. We're still in it. He also appears to 500, at least 500 other folks. And that's a pretty significant deal. That was a big crowd back then, 500 folk. All at once, there's Jesus. And when Paul's writing this 20 years later or so, a bunch of them are still alive. Paul's saying, you can go ask them. They're alive. We have eyewitnesses to this. This actually happened. One of the problems we have is that uh, it's hard for people to believe anything nowadays. We've, we've, now we've hit a new thing. Part of it, the, the amazing access we have to information about everything. Um, and so it's hard for us just to take things in. Uh, I, I remember when I was a kid. So I'm old now, so none of you are going to have this memory. But when I was a kid, we used to watch the news at night, and it was Walter Cronkite. And you could just kind of take Walter at what he said. Right? It was, it was a different time. And we don't live in that time anymore. And now everything is a mess. So it's hard for people to believe, uh, you know, and so we have to, the way that we can help people believe the good news is that it has to change us. And then we live it out. And as it changes us and as people see there's something different in us. See, because the world's longing for something right now. People don't like living in this. This isn't good. This whole tension, this whole hatred thing that we're seeing, these big sides that are picking up and going at each other all the time, and there's this, this sort of anger that's in everybody, you know, and they're irritated. This is not how people want to live. You, there's a longing in people to live in a way where they experience peace and joy and hope, and actually that there's some community and fellowship, and that, hey, we can, we can love one another. There is that desire in people, and it's only possible when we sort of get a hold of the good news and what it means. So we have to take this in. And let it change us. And, and so the gospel is amazingly good news. And, and how is it good news? And, and, you know, I've been telling you there's some really cool things in there. Uh, what's the gospel? Well, my sins are forgiven. That's certainly good news. I said, you know, I'm, I, don't, uh, I don't have to deal with guilt and shame anymore. I'm justified. That's good news. I have eternal life. That's, boy, that's good news. Right? It's good news. I have the Holy Spirit dwelling in me. Poof. I keep getting stuck there, you know, because I think that when people get a hold of that one, they, every, every time they ought to do a little dance. You, you know, even if you can't dance, you got to do hands down. You got to do something. Because Holy Spirit, and he's a de- I, this is the thing, he's a deposit guaranteeing what's coming. He's just, if he's a deposit, I keep saying that, the deposit is usually a tiny part of the whole thing. If, if the Holy Spirit... Dwelling in me is a tiny part of the whole thing. I, I don't even know if I can... Uh, the whole thing. That's why you've got to have a new body to handle it. Because the one that you got couldn't. You'd just be... Uh, dumb. <laughs> but, but see, even more than that, the way that we take it in. So, because if, if you limit it, you're missing the best part of the good news. See, see do you know why you're forgiven? So that your guilt won't get in the way of you enjoying God. See, that's more than oh, I'm forgiven. 
You know why you're justified? So that the that condemnation and shame and all those things won't get in the way of you enjoying God. Do you, do you know why you have the, this promise of, of life forever and the promise of a new body and all those things? So that now you have the capacity to really and fully enjoy God the way He's always wanted it to happen. You have that in you already. See, that's the good news. And when we get that... Everything changes. That's what it means to be reconciled. Not only is this so, but we also boast in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, whom we now have received reconciliation. Just like it was in the garden. That's our relationship with God. The enemy would like to not have you experience that, to keep you down in guilt and shame. I'm such a mess. My performance is no good. I gotta earn it. I gotta, but no. Because of who he is and what he's done, the good news is that I'm reconciled to God and he loves me just the way I am and I will never be able to perform enough to get it. I just might as well quit because I can't get there. But oh God, just let me drink it in that this love that you have for me is mine forever and I don't deserve it, but it's the most amazing thing that there's ever been. I'm loved even though I don't deserve it. I'm loved. And he just wants to spend time with me. I can't even explain it, but that's what he wants to do. See, that's what it means to be reconciled. And when you take that in, that's what we share with people that changes everything. The greatest good of the Gospels isn't forgiveness or justification or eternal life. As good as they are, the highest, deepest, sweetest, most amazing thing of the Gospel is God himself. And that we now get to enjoy him forever. The gospel has brought us the everlasting enjoyment of God. That's the heart of it. That's what changes things. Next week, Galatians 2. If you want to get ahead, read it. We're going to talk about the power of life and what happened as part of this story. But that's good for today. Let's ask Holy Spirit to come and minister to us. Alice, my love, if you want to come up. Holy Spirit, we... Again, I'm in awe that you dwell in us as believers. What an amazing gift. And it's just a deposit of all that's to come. But would you now just move upon us in this place? Holy Spirit, come. Strengthen. Bring peace. Bring healing in every way. Physical healing, emotional healing, spiritual healing. Bring life. Bring a a joy. Take away fear, anxiety, guilt, shame. Bring new life. Bring new hope. Bring new joy today. Somebody, you need to hear this. Today is a new day. Brand new day. Brand new moment. Rejoice and be glad in it. This is the day the Lord has made to be with you, to fellowship with you, because He loves you. Yeah, I just want to add to that. That you don't necessarily think that the deposit of the Holy Spirit is for you. It's for others. But God said, today, I'm depositing that in your spirit. I'm depositing the Holy Spirit into you. Receive it.
just receive it. I also feel like there's a gentleman, and I don't know if you're here, if you're online, but you have suffered very recently a big loss in your life. And God's in the process of restoring you, restoring your life, and he's going to do it in a way that's naturally supernatural. It's going to pass before your eyes, and you're going to go, oh, that was God. That's God. You're part of my restoration. Receive that. And this one I don't fully understand because I've never had a boat. We've never been boat people. Yes, we've lived here a long time. But God said to me, I actually saw a boat, a sailboat being tossed about on rough seas. And God said, raise the sails. So if that's for you, raise the sails. You're an awesome God. We love you and we thank you. This story starts by knowing Jesus. And you do that. I talked about it. You, you believe and receive. He's done all the work at the cross. And, and Jesus, will you be my Lord and Savior? If you've never said it, say it today. It starts everything. If you're watching online, you've never said, say, Jesus, will you be my Lord and Savior? And if you do that today for the first time, will you text me the word heart to that number? 305-745-7513, just so we can celebrate with you. I tell you that people are constantly making that decision in choice. It's the best choice you'll ever make. So, do that today. Thank you for your generosity, folks. I can't say enough about it. You amaze me over and over and over again. That's how to give by mail or digitally. Offering boxes are here. Praise God from whom. and keep you. May his face shine upon you. May he be gracious to you and give you peace. Go today in the peace, the power, and the love of God. God bless you all. Thank you for being here. We'll see you soon. Thanks for watching online. If you're heading out, please head out. These doors are open for you so you don't have to touch anything. Masked up. Don't, don't get ganged up in there. And also, there's some, um, some apples and uh, some um, dried pasta in there. Please take it with you if you'd like some on the way out. There was a little left over from yesterday. Okay? God bless you guys. Thanks for watching today's service from Keys Vineyard Community Church. Make sure to like us on Facebook and subscribe to us on YouTube. For more information, log on to keysvineyard.com. We'll see you next time.